welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode 50. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, John McGregor, and my other host, Daniel Shaw, is on the line with us. Hey, guys. Daniel? How you doing, John? I'm doing great. Can't complain. Got a, a day off today, so I figured it might be a good day to record an episode. Yeah, me too. I got a couple of days off here for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Thanks for that. You know, just uh, enjoying the time off and trying to get caught up on some stuff I need to be doing. What about you? You got, you got anything yeah, done looking, productive while you've been off work? Uh, not too too much. I mean, I, I taught a class yesterday, um, Principles of Home Defense, uh, up at SIG. Um, but uh, according to Facebook, you were uh, must have been on the range a little bit last week, right? Yeah, we ran a little pistol range last week and uh, had a good time. Went out there and qualified and did our thing and... It was uh, kind of impromptu, last minute, hey, you guys got to do this for somebody, and then that somebody didn't show up, so we did it for ourselves, and we all qualified. <laughs> Excellent. Any trigger time is good trigger time. Yeah, it's not my favorite kind of trigger time. It's uh, the, the course of fire is not what I would consider training. It's considered qualifying, you know, how that is. Yep. So uh, today we're Excellent. planning on talking about uh, something that happened in, recently in, up in New York, huh? Yeah, I was... Um you know, I saw on the news, um, would it be uh, maybe two or three weeks ago now, um, but the uh, shooting involving the ATF agent um, who was killed while trying to intervene in a uh, pharmacy robbery. And uh, you know, first of all, uh, everything I read was in the newspaper, so I don't have any inside line. So, you know, you kind of got to, you know, what you read in the papers kind of take it. You know, for what's worth, it's not necessarily everything that happened or even the correct portrayal. But the uh, even just looking at the scenario, it was kind of uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, just based on all the players and so forth. And I, I guess to to explain the scenario to you know, those that may not have heard it or may not have uh, read the accounts, uh, basically my understanding is. Uh, an ATF agent who is off duty is in a pharmacy uh, picking up a prescription for himself and his father, I believe they said. And the pharmacy is robbed. Subject's got a handgun. And what happens is after the uh, after the the robber leaves the pharmacy, he gives chase to to catch him or do something. And also, what happens at the same time, coincidentally, I guess there's a, uh, I believe it was a retired officer who um, runs a deli down the street. Somebody comes into his shop and uh, yells out that the pharmacy's being robbed. And also, coincidentally, there happens to be an off-duty police officer in that little deli shop as well. So they both go to go uh, try and intervene. And what happens is... The retired officer and the off-duty officer apparently uh, encounter the ATF agent and the robber, and uh, they're now rolling around the ground fighting for possession of a gun, and nobody knows each other, and the, uh, the retired officer uh, sounds like he gets right in the middle of it and tries to, tries to control the weapon, but uh, he can't, and he ends up uh, with his pistol... Uh, or handgun, I don't know what he's what he's running, but he ends up shooting who he thinks is the actual pharmacy robber, but it turns out that it's the uh, ATF agent. And I guess it sounds like they really don't know 
until after the ATF agent shot, the robber gets possession of the gun. And it sounds like at that point, the off-duty officer ends up shooting the robber. So a very kind of complicated uh, scenario in it. It uh, got me interested because there's, uh, you know, usually when we're thinking about scenarios and, you know, what we would do and that kind of stuff, we kind of usually think of it as, you know, generally uh, there's a good guy and a bad guy. But in this scenario, uh, there's the bad guy. But, you know, you could be the good guy that's wrestling with the gun or you could be the good guy that kind of comes upon this situation. So there's, you know, kind of all kinds of things to think about and try and think about what you would do. Um, you know, what I do want to say is, you know, my, you know, talking about this, I mean, my intent isn't to, to Monday morning quarterback or anything like that because we we weren't there. We don't know all the, you know, all the settlements and, you know, what was said and uh, all the observations and stuff. But I think the, just taking a scenario uh, on its own is, uh, you know, something worth talking about, something worth considering if uh, we ended up, in that type of scenario. And, you know, I think what's really interesting is uh, not that it's, I mean, it was uh, a police, everybody was either a, uh, you know, some type of law enforcement officer or the bad guy, but uh, the same scenario could easily happen to somebody that's, uh, you know, just a uh, concealed carry holder, you know, just a, a good guy trying to do the right thing. It's a, it's a nightmare situation. Go ahead. It's exactly what you don't want to have happen. You know, it's, it's the outcome that we don't want. You know, it's a, uh, like you said, we we don't we. There's no way we have enough information. We, there's no way we haven't talked to them. We we just got you know basically open source information on this. We're not going to try to dissect this thing and play by play and how what the officer should have done or shouldn't have done. There's no way we can do that. It's not possible. I wouldn't want to be the guy who has to do that. I'm not an investigator. That that's not what we're going to try to do. Basically, all we're going to try to put out here is if you're faced with a similar situation, uh, some some things you can ask yourself and things you can you can look for or. Uh, you know, lead towards to uh, either pull the trigger or to not pull the trigger. It just so happens a similar case happened uh, down in Arizona not too long ago. Uh, if you remember when uh, Congresswoman Giffords got shot, uh, there was um, that one gentleman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, uh, he was on the Pro Arms podcast taking a Mac 40 class with uh, Gail Pepin and Masada Ayub, and uh, they had an interview with him. Very good if you could go back to the Pro Arms podcast and find that and listen to it. Uh, basically, a similar thing was happening. He came out when he heard gunfire, and he saw some people wrestling on the ground. He didn't know who to go shoot or he would get a fight, so he, he didn't even draw his weapon. He was going to be a first-responding concealed carry, regular Joe with a concealed carry permit, carrying his pistol, running over there. And he said he, he, he thought about pulling his pistol, but he said, you know what, I, it looks like they're wrestling this guy. Uh, they're fighting him. I, I, there's no way for me to tell who is who here. Uh, I'm just going to go over here and hit, assist these guys to hold this guy down because clearly uh, this looks like the, the the bad guy. I mean, he, he explains it so much better than I do uh, because you know he was there. He saw it. He has all those little small nuances, little small things that he actually picked up. And he decided not to pull his weapon, not to shoot, just to go over there and, and help them uh, wrestle this gunner from this guy. That's uh, every every situation is going to be different. Uh, that's a situation that we don't want to have to be in, but if you put that pistol on your side, you've got to be ready to be in a situation. It's not always, there's the bad guy, I'm the good guy, uh, I must stop evil, and there is evil definitely right in front of me, I must shoot that evil and end it. Uh, it's not always that easy, it's really not. But yeah, even back <laughs> in Arizona, you know, the anti-gunners all try to say that so-and-so 
almost shot the wrong people, but really that never happened. They kind of made that up. But with all the interviews with him, he never said anything remotely close to that. The only thing was he was carrying a pistol, but he decided that he it wasn't time to draw it. And that's basically what we have to ask ourselves if you see this. You know, what I would think is, you know, one of those guys is probably the bad guy. If you just got the information that those guys did in the deli that the place is being robbed, chances are one of those guys that you see wrestling around for that gun is the bad guy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you might be able to get a lot of information from that by the way they're dressed or anything else. I mean, I've seen some police officers that are dressed like, you know, seen them dressed like hookers, seen them dressed like drug dealers because that's part of their job at times. You know, one of them could be undercover, you know, one off-duty. You know, who knows? It's a uh, rule of thumb, but what I would say, you know, when in doubt, you can't pull the trigger. If you're if you're in doubt yeah. you know, of, of who is good and who is bad, who needs to be shot, who doesn't, uh, if, if one of the other's life is not in danger, you know, just that's what we got to do is just, if you're in doubt, you just can't shoot, can't. Yeah, one of the things that, uh, you know, we... Pretty much, you know, I teach in, in classes and stuff and I kind of prescribe to, um, when, you know, when I'm off duty or, you know, if you're just a concealed carry holder or something, you know, I don't do anything to really advertise, um, you know, I don't wear any SIG hats or, you know, PD this or anything else. I think that's pretty much kind of a, uh, you know, universally you'll find people, I think that, uh, are you know concealed carry trainers? That's kind of what they train for. You don't want to stick out as the uh, the person with the gun. I mean, you don't want to maybe be running around in your your five eleven vest and your five eleven pants and you know all this other stuff, really looking like a gun guy. You're you're trying to blend in um, because you don't want people to be able to identify that you have a gun. But that's kind of a dual edged sword when something like this happens. You know, you basically look like everybody else. There's no uh, there's no real way of just looking at two different people and figuring out necessarily who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Okay, let's uh, let's approach this as if we're the one uh, wrestling with the bad guy, and we see that responders are coming up, whether it's a police officer or uh, you know off duty or you know a civilian concealed carry person. Now, I don't have this down to a science. I, I really wish I could have uh, actually, you know. I wish I had Mass on the show right now, giving us some ideas about this. I think it'd be great. Should have hit him up on this one, asked him some questions before that, because this is this is up his alley, you know. But um, I'm thinking, yep. you know, what can I say? What can I do? I'm dressed normal. I don't I don't look like a you know a thug, but at the same time, what does a thug look like these days? What can I say to let people around me know that I am the good guy? What is something, and I think the best way to approach this is, what is something that a bad guy would not say? Well, that's that's tough because, uh, I mean, if if the bad guy's got any intelligence, whatever you start shouting out, he can start shouting out the same stuff. Yep. If he if he thinks people are, uh, you know, uh, listening to you, you know, I was kind of thinking that too. Is there is there something? Um, what, what about ten codes? Well, the thing is. Um, you know, I was kind of wondering about that too. If there's some kind of, you know, in New Hampshire we have RSAs, you know, basically, uh, you know, statutes and so forth. But you know, that kind of thing may work for you uh, if it's, you know, if it's a law enforcement officer um, and you're within that jurisdiction, that might be something that they are you know, the different other guys, everywhere you go. Yep. 
They are, yeah. But, you know, then, you know, to kind of play that along further, so, you know, like um, uh, under the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act, I can carry in all 50 states. If I'm in some other state and something bad happens, you know, am I going to have the forethought to, you know, if I got to go to Alabama or something, look up, you know, some codes and stuff to right. shout out. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. And then, you know, kind of what I've been looking at this scenario is, is not just the law enforcement side, but the concealed carry permit holder, either the the one who's trying to wrestle the gun away, you know, is he going to know RSAs? And if maybe it's just a good guy that's coming to help me, is, is he going to know when I start, you know, shouting out codes and, and statutes and stuff? Is that stuff going to mean anything? Yeah, it's not going to mean he's a bad guy. But I think it's something important that, you know, or you could – it could be a tool under certain circumstances. It's definitely not going to mm-hmm. say yay or nay, but if if someone is is in the middle of that scuffle and if they have the uh, ability at that time to think that way and think, you know what, there's people around me, there's giving commands to both of us, I need to convey to this person that I am not the bad guy. What could we possibly say based on your area? And that's something that we could think about, you know, beforehand. And like you said, that that bad guy's going to jump right in and say the exact same thing. You know, he's going to be like, "Hey, I'm an off-duty police officer. This man just tried to rob the pharmacy. I am trying to apprehend him. Come help me." Mm-hmm. He's going to say, "No, this guy is robbed the pharmacy. Yeah. I'm stopping him." That's exactly what's going to happen. You know, it's uh, well. It's, there's a possibility of that happening. I wouldn't say it's exactly what's going to happen, but yeah. I mean, I think one thing that you know that's going to be beneficial is you know just kind of playing this out in your head, realizing um, that you've got to attempt to communicate something. I mean, I think there's going to be that tendency to you know if this is a situation you haven't uh, you haven't trained on, you haven't rehearsed in your head or whatever, you know. Trying to think when, if I was suddenly in that situation, I'm wrestling for a gun. Am I going to be thinking to be talking to these other people, or is my attention going to be solely focused on the gun? And I'm not, maybe I'm not communicating at all with the people around me. I'm so focused on you may controlling not even know and trying to get control of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think any type of communication is going to be better than than uh, you know no communication at all. I mean, at least if. You know, everybody. You know, if everybody's starting to communicate, and it's uh, absolutely you know, say that and say you, that you say that. Go ahead. No, no, you're you're dead on right there. When you say like at least communicate, you know, no communication is going to be the worst thing to do. At least communicate. Now, if there's someone else who is drawing a bead on somebody, getting ready like that's I've determined through body language and everything else, or whatever the way he's dressed, that that's going to be my bad guy. If you start communicating something. That brings up a question in the, the onlookers' minds: Who is the bad guy? Who is the guy here? Then that mm-hmm. might be all it takes to keep them from pulling the trigger on the wrong person. So exactly. yeah, at, at least communicate. And if it's both of them saying the same thing, well, then you mm-hmm. you may have not succeeded that you decided who's good or who's bad for those onlookers, but you've at least brought up the question so that the, the shooter there, the person with the firearm, will know, okay, I, I can't just shoot one of these guys. I can't just pick one and shoot it because one of these guys is good, one of these guys is bad. It's just it's clear to me. So then they have to go with a different you know thought process and go after a different you know angle to edit. It's, uh, yeah, maybe start looking around a, a little more. I mean, if if you can, obviously there's a gun being tossed about, but you know maybe that's when you you clue on 
um, you know, one of the people rolling around has an empty holster or something. That's, you know, there aren't that many. Um, generally, the, the bad guys don't run on holsters and so forth. Um, you know, maybe you see some kind of badge on a belt or something that you didn't notice before because you were focused on the, uh, the pistol itself. But it's definitely important to think about this kind of stuff now because I think... Uh, you know, and I'm guilty of the same thing. You know, we're trying to run through what's going to happen if we have to, you know, if we have to shoot somebody with a weapon we carry. And I think there's always that tendency to think that uh, we're going to, you know, come on to some kind of situation um, where we end up having to shoot somebody. And then, you know, we're going to get on the phone and call the police and tell them, you know, this is what I'm wearing, uh, you know, all this other stuff. Um, but generally we don't practice or train uh, a lot or think about a lot what's going to happen if um, either the police get there during the incident or, you know, some other um, well-intentioned concealed carry holder happens to get there at the same time. You know, we, we tend to think of it more of a linear thing as opposed to if all this stuff happens at once, how are we going to make sure that, you know, the wrong people don't get shot? There's there's certain things. If someone's if there's a, somebody that's trying to rob somebody and they end up capping them and taking their stuff or whatever, they're going to do certain things and say certain things. We've got to set up ourselves apart from that. Uh, they may not even say anything. They might just get out of there. It might just be a gang hit, like initiation. you got to go put a bullet in somebody or to be in a gang. They do stupid stuff like that. These little punks do that kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. But that's what mm-hmm. they do. We've got to do something different that sets us apart. What, what, what do we say afterwards? You know, it's uh, I could, We could be in a parking garage. Uh, John, me and you may not even know each other. Uh, I just parked my car, and I got out. Someone tried to take my wallet, and he pulled a pistol out. Me and my wife and my son are standing there, and I draw my pistol, and I shoot him twice. Just as my last shot goes off and it hits him in the face, you poke your head around the car, and you see that happen. You don't see my wife. You don't see my kid. All you see is a gun pointing up, almost point blank, shooting somebody in the face. What's the first thing that goes through your mind as a police officer? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely you're um, obviously seeing some type of, uh, you know, use of force in progress. I think the, the best thing to do is uh, try and uh, try and make sure that you're not walking into the middle of something. Um, and I think it's, you know, sometimes easy that, you know, like, um, you know, for example, sometimes, you know, maybe you hear a crash or something. You look, you see the car into the, into the telephone pole. It's easy for the brain to kind of, Although you didn't see it happen, you heard it, you looked over after the fact, and you, you can kind of extrapolate what happened. You know, you can figure out that, okay, what I heard was the the uh, the car run into the telephone pole. You can kind of fill in the blanks. Um, what we have to be careful of is that we don't get into the middle of something, and then based on, you know, our own uh, prior training, uh, stereotypes, things like that, that we don't end up filling in uh, information that we truly didn't see uh, because in that scenario like you said if I just come in at the in the middle of it again if, if I choose to act at that point um, I don't have the whole picture in fact I've probably got the wrong picture and I think it's you know it's incumbent upon us to kind of pay attention to make sure that uh, we recognize when we're coming into the middle of something. If we come into the middle of something, we don't know what transpired before. We really 
don't have a way to make sure that we're actually seeing what we think we see. And, you know, if there was a vehicle or something in the way and you didn't see that that person was armed, you didn't see anything, you know, the information that you see that you gather right there by using your five senses was, I just shot an unarmed man. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because you didn't see his weapon or you didn't see him. When you see that furtive movement, you know, he didn't see that, but I did. And all you saw was an unarmed man go down. That's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had a buddy with him that took off running after that and said, no, please don't shoot me at the same time. Now, in your mind, like, I'm, I'm just offing people over here, man. I'm just, I'm just killing mm-hmm. innocent people. I'm, I'm an active killer running around this, this carport shooting up folks. But really, that's not the case at all. Uh, someone who was acting uh, not properly might just put their sights on me and pull the trigger because they don't want to expose themselves. But if we're thinking ahead, you know, maybe that guy's not. Maybe I should give him commands. Maybe that person's already looking around saying uh, something to the effect of, you know, did this guy hurt anybody else? Is everybody okay? You know, or something mm-hmm. like that. And that would probably tell you something different if you just heard that one thing, would it not? Yeah, it would certainly uh Again, if if not make the whole uh, situation readily apparent to me, it's kind of like we talked about before. It's now something that's making me realize that you know maybe I don't have the whole situation. It kind of brings in that that little bit of doubt that you know maybe there's something more to this. Maybe I should um, not do anything too rash um, and could modify my behavior. Yep. That's what, that's Let me ask think. you this. So let's uh, um, run through this kind of same scenario. And uh, so let's say that I do see that, and um, I've got the forethought to just not shoot you for it because I, I realize I don't have all the information, but um, you know, I give you some kind of you know verbal command, police don't move or something, um, what are you going to do? See, that's a telephone right there. Uh, his buddy's right there. Maybe we still deal with one individual or the two individuals I brought up. Well, I only, let's say we only see the one. I mean, could be two. I don't know. But okay, just one right I there in front of me, and one, uh, so. I just yeah. I just dropped him, and then I hear, please don't mm-hmm. move. Um, well, first I'm going to look at you. Uh, I'm going to do my best yeah, to not I mean, make that's, that's a furtive movement. Yeah, I'm not going to make a furtive movement mm-hmm. myself. I've already got my pistol in my hand. I'm probably either at the uh, compressed ready or I'm still at the ready. But I'm going to ask you to identify yourself. You know, I... You 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 got you're drawing down on me. I'm going to eventually start giving you commands back. You know that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to identify like all right, this guy. I look at him. I see him. Uh, he doesn't look like he would hang out with this guy. I just capped. But you yep. may, you may not. There's no way that that wouldn't be a very. You can't. This doesn't cover everything. So, but first, if if I have the ability to jump behind cover, you know, I'd probably do that just in case. That that would be. But that would probably be something conducive to what a bad guy would do to you. So that may not be. Oh, yeah, that's thing. what I'd be thinking. If, right. If I tell you don't move and you but, don't but cover, that's... there's somebody pointing a gun at me. He said he he said police, but does that mean he's police? This guy just tried to kill me, you know. And now somebody mm-hmm. else has got a gun pointing at me. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. It really is. It's really a tough one. And I, I think if I have a chance to put a barrier between us to 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 keep us from getting hit, for me shooting him or him shooting me, uh, maybe while I'm grabbing that cover behind my my wheel well in my car like uh, i'm a concealed carry holder off duty u.s marine i this man tried to rob me here and i'm, I'm saying that very quickly uh and i'm saying mm-hmm. you identify yourself as a police officer uh and maybe and if you're communicating back with me and 
uh, maybe maybe we can come to some agreement there real quick where I can I can see that you know he's got he's clearly got a badge or he's the way he's speaking and uh, he's got this authoritative voice and that's a big thing everybody talks about you know being authoritative I think that's very important these bad guys typically uh, from what I've seen in dash cam video and stuff they're they're very um, what's the word I'm looking for unsure misdirecting. They're not authoritative, mm-hmm. like straight to the point where a police officer giving commands should be as authoritative as authoritative can be and going straight to the point, giving strict, easy to follow, without a doubt. This is exactly what he wants me to do. I understand it, and I'm ready to do it. Uh, that's the way most police officers do it, or at least they should. Uh, and those yeah, things right there. Verbal commands are uh, – I was just going to say your verbal commands themselves are uh, a use of force. They're a tool – um, you know that we utilize it's yep. uh, hopefully you know we try and take care of situations with a, a reasonable amount of force sometimes if you know we're using you know just the way like you said the way you phrase things might be enough to uh, kind of take care of a situation before it gets any worse yeah, if you just saw the beginning of it where he said you know yo give me your watch and your cell phone and your money you know it would be easy mm-hmm. hey you got him yeah. I'm gonna call him this in right now you hold security on him, and or I'm gonna sweep the weapon. You ready? Uh, you know, and we could do it together, whatever. But when you pick up the very end yeah. of it, and you don't know what's going on, we've got to figure out something to do. And every situation is gonna be different. Maybe you saw more than that little scenario. Maybe you saw less. But uh, I think the the commands of the officer, and you have to give commands as well. You know, you have to establish that you are the good guy. And if you can't set that in stone that you're the good guy, you got to at least raise the question in that person's mind that, hey, this guy may not be a bad guy. I may not should get on my mm-hmm. trigger as soon as I get sights on him. We might need to go a little bit more detail here. Yeah, and I think what's, you know, what I don't want to kind of gloss over from what you said is, you know, you had mentioned how you would look, but that you would keep the, uh, you know, the pistol like a low ready, compressed ready, something like that. Um you know, if you don't think this thing out beforehand, I think one of your normal human reactions is, you know, you're holding a gun on something and then somebody yells out, you know, it's very easy to go and turn around, bring the weapon with your eyes. And obviously if that would happen, you know. Bullets are going on you. If, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if uh, you tell, you know, somebody not to move and they bring a gun around on you, that's, you know, at that point, you, know, you really can't do a whole lot more analysis on the situation. I've looked at another, uh, you know, looked at some other shootings where police officers get killed in particular, and that's something that uh, you know, sometimes we, as police officers, screw up on because, you know, we're thinking, you know, if we're off duty, uh, you know, plain clothes or whatever, and we hear the police show up and start giving commands, we're thinking that. You know, good, the, the Calvary's here and stuff. We're not, sometimes we don't think about the fact that, wait a minute, they're giving me the commands. They don't know I am. Yeah, they don't know you listen sometimes. to Gunfighter Cast. They don't know that you're, yeah. that you're, this is all you care about is protecting your family and this is your, your thing. You would never do anything wrong to anybody ever. They don't know that. They don't know that yeah. you would never kill an innocent. They don't know that you're a sheepdog and, and not, not one of the wolf. They don't know that. Because even if you, you get into the whole sheepdog and wolf thing, so us sheepdogs look just like wolves. We do. We mm-hmm. got. We've got a gun. We've got teeth. You know. It's. Yep. You got to expect that. But I mean, it's you know. I, th- I think, like you said, you've got to try and establish some some communication. You know, relatively quickly without doing anything that uh, 
you know, feels like you're, and especially if it is a police officer, feels like you're putting that uh, officer at risk. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you got to think of it as well. I mean, what if it's not, you know, let's run the same scenario, only I'm not a police officer. I'm just a concealed carry holder. Then, you know, how do you how do you prove to each other that you're both good guys? I mean, nobody's going to. Well, you know, what I, what I said to begin with, and I back it up, I stand behind it. I was kind of skeptical about it because I haven't really given this a whole lot of thought. The scenario that we just gave up, that was a new scenario to me. I never thought about that. Yep. Uh, and there's so many different scenarios that we could just sit around and game in our heads and think about it and get that 90% plan. That way we're like, oh, I, I thought this might happen and I've got a little bit of a plan for it, which is great. So I'm sitting, you know, the, the same scenario there behind the car. I stand behind that. I want to put a barrier between us. Now, I know it would scare me if I had my sights on somebody, then they back behind a barrier. I'm like, is he going to pop up at any minute? And I'm scanning everything. I'm like, okay, where is he going to pop out from? But I don't have anything to shoot right then. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I might tell my wife to, you know, say, hey, I'm, I'm to say something to or whatever, you know, if, if that's what works. You've you got to play it by ear at the same time while you can have a little bit of a plan, but at least uh, get something out there to let them know that you may not be a bad guy. But I'm all about the barrier. I mean, you may not be a cop. You may just trying to yep. get me to move so you can get some bullets on me in retaliation because I just killed your buddy. Because if it was one of those kind of gang type hits, uh, they don't just go do it, wait for the news. It's like somebody's there watching it. Somebody's there like evaluating this cat, you know, like, oh right, yeah, he's good. We're gonna let him in here and hang out with us and wear our little bandana, you know, whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. so he may be just there to to do you harm. It may not be a police officer. You know, these people aren't idiots. Yeah, they, they could be playing that game. So, uh, but like you said, with the, the two concealed carry permit holders, I'm going to still try to establish that barrier if I can. I'm going to say, look, I'm a concealed carry holder. I am, I, I am legally carrying this weapon. This man just tried to rob me. He tried to hurt me. Like straight English, as to the point and mm-hmm. factual as possible. Uh, my wife and my son are here with me. I had to protect them. You know, uh, so whatever. Whatever happens in the situation, you gotta, you come out with something with directing or something, no, paint the scenario, so maybe they didn't see it all, maybe they did. Uh, are you okay? Did he hurt you? Did, or did he get, this, this guy get rounds off? Or go check if anybody else got hit in the area. Maybe I tell him to go do something if he's a concealed carry holder. Hey, go around the back, he shot toward this direction. Go see if anybody got hit over there, see if they're okay. You know, what's that gonna tell you? Like, this guy's concerned about everybody else around here. You know, maybe, then again, maybe he's telling, you know, trying to just play a game, whatever. But those are things that, you know, we could say or do, just come off the top of my head right there, that would probably lead someone to believe that, you know what, maybe this guy isn't a bad guy. Maybe he's telling the truth. Or like, I'm calling the police. Will you call them as well and tell them what you saw and get them here ASAP? Or I'm going to call 911. Uh, you call an ambulance. You know, whatever. Which is the same phone number, but to him, he's like, okay, so he wants to help this person that he just shot. Because he just heard ambulance instead of just nine one one. Yeah, just know, when, when, some ideas off yeah. top of my head. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, it's a tough one, and we. Oh, yeah, this I is something we're kind of making up as we go along here. Which is exactly uh, I would, what you would be, do, except yeah. under extreme stress. Yeah, which again kind of stresses the importance. Um, you know, kind of like you said, try thinking about not just, you know, that typical. You know, I shot a guy, and now I got to call the police and deal with the officer. Try and think about all of these different type of scenarios, and have something in your head that you know, under stress, the brain can kind of think, "Well, I've, I haven't actually done this, but I've thought about this before, and, and this is what I want to do." Um, 
I would, you know, just to play devil's advocate with you, though, I mean, it's, you know, as far as what you're saying about, you know, somebody, you know, tells you police don't move or whatever, and, um, you know, you don't know who that person is or whatever. Um, again, I, I'd be very careful, though, about basically, you know, if if it is a police officer, you're kind of gambling is what I'm trying to say. If it is a police officer and, you know, you do something like, run behind something that's gonna that's gonna tip the scales in the other direction that's what makes that communication so possible um you know as far as your scenario am i likely to i'm just trying to think of my head as a bad guy well like yeah when say, you say it like that like run behind something like i'm not yeah I, but like i'm talking about like maybe i've got head and shoulders above a vehicle and all i have to do is take a little small squat down and now i've just got yeah. my eyes over my vehicle or, or nothing over it i can talk to them uh, if i have, i'm out in the open and i have to run somewhere mm-hmm. that's not i don't think that's going to be an option at that time i need to look and yeah. identify you know right away and without have that furtive movement um and then you know basically follow this person's command he got the drop on me whether it's a cop or yep. a bad guy the drop has been gotten on me you know, whether I don't care yeah. what his credentials are. Uh, if he's a cop and he wants to shoot, I'm done. If he's a bad guy and wants to shoot, I'm done. A bad guy, I would say, in that situation where they're I'm in the open, probably not going to say, stop the police. They're probably just going to shoot. That's, yeah, that's kind of the point I was trying to make is that, you know, why, I mean, could a bad guy do that to 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 trick you? Yeah, but if you're already out in the open, why, why even bother with commands? Why not? Why didn't? Just shoot, yeah, shoot I, you in the first I, place I totally without agree. letting you know his position. So, if you're out in the in the, the complete open, absolutely, yeah, I completely agree with that. There's no need. Uh, most, of the, I would say, I wouldn't. That's something I want to gamble my life on. But if this situation no. occurred, I would definitely not break for a run because you can legally shoot me if I just cap somebody, and then you see me trying to flee. Now, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm saying you can shoot a fleeing felon, but for people out there listening. Uh, there are occasions where police officers can shoot fleeing felons, not just because they committed a felony in their presence and now they're running, but mm-hmm. if they're li- if they continue, if they get away, like an active killer, for example, yep. uh, an active killer who's going through a mall shooting up people and he starts to run away from you, and he's not threatening your life in any way, uh, his continued existence threatens the lives of innocents. Mm-hmm. You have the right to shoot him right then. So if that police officer, if he was, if he saw you commit the felony, shooting somebody, which what he thinks is a felony, yeah. and now you're trying to take a take off and run away, okay, now he's fleeing. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. he just shot one person. Maybe even there was two bad guys. Uh, he's probably going after somebody else. It is my responsibility to stop that person. You know that that law enforcement officer can shoot. He can do it. Mm-hmm. So yep. we don't want to create that situation. So don't think I'm saying we're in the middle of the, the, the parking lot in this, this parking garage and you're in the very middle and you got to take off running because bad idea. And then like, I think we, we put that out pretty good. I didn't want that. I didn't want to come across like that. I was thinking if mm-hmm. we're right, you know, I, I'm at the engine block. I'm up there in the hood of the car and I could just kind of squat and maybe just present my eyes and my face. You know, that's it. Maybe grab some cover a little bit. And just cover doesn't mean I'm, I'm hiding or running or anything. Just basically, if there's something I can do to, to still make it a, a harder target for him in case he decides to shoot while we're trying to work out that I'm not a bad guy, you know. And uh, I, don't, I don't want anybody to think that and think that I told them to run when our cop tries to stop them because that would be a terrible idea. And I, I hope I didn't come across that way. Yeah, I think, you know, what you said is... Um Again, I just wanted to make sure people weren't focusing on the wrong part. I think, 
you know, what you said about um, immediately trying to establish some communication to, you know, understand, you know, let them know who you are uh, and try and get some feedback on who they are is going to help alleviate the situation. I just didn't want people focusing on, you know, the... Yeah, don't run uh, away. I'm not... Yeah. Daniel didn't say don't run away. He didn't say <laughs> run away. He didn't say that. He never did. You know, I, yeah. I was just saying if you have the opportunity right there next to you, by all means, create that barrier, you know, and uh, yeah. Maybe a good idea, depending on your situation. And again, some situations may be a terrible idea, so... Didn't say mm-hmm. run. Didn't say run. I'll say that one more time. I did not say run. <laughs> okay. All right. So we, we we were the bad guy, or we were the good guy who actually was attacked, or were in for the sake of what we're talking about tonight. Say we were the the person wrestling on the ground with the bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. I know we, I know that's the scenario we started out with, but we've gone to different scenarios, and I'm sure we'll go to another one here shortly. Okay. Now let's be that guy. Um, who actually sees it happen, or sees the end of it, or sees just after the aftermath of it, and, and what do we? What can we do right, and what can we do wrong? One thing that, um, again, if the news account is uh, is correct, I mean, one of the things I saw in there is, um, you know, somebody comes into uh, allegedly somebody comes into the deli and, and you know yell uh, tells the police officer that the pharmacy's getting robbed or whatever. Um, I think one thing that we can do. Or something that could potentially happen to us is, uh, you know, being very careful about, you know, people um, basically kind of, kind of pushing us into something before we we really know what's going on. Um, you know, I think it would be real easy for, uh, you know, maybe a, a family member or somebody you're with to kind of see something and then, you know, start telling you you, you know, kind of knowing you have a gun, you know, pushing you into a situation that. That uh, maybe you shouldn't be getting totally involved in, or at least not initially, without uh, gaining some intelligence. Is that making sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you don't want to just go. Your, your wife says, "Hey, there's two guys over there wrestling over a gun." You know, maybe they're two thugs. Maybe they're not. You know, maybe whatever. You don't want to just go. Oh, I'm a guy with a gun. Uh, I like I keep bringing up Masada you because this whole time I've been biting my tongue because there's so much information I can give in this podcast right now, but it's proprietary stuff that I it's a, toward the end of the the Mag Forty class that I can't talk about and I can't give the cause I, you know we we signed a thing and told Mass that we wouldn't talk about this on a podcast and. Uh, mm-hmm. And we can't talk about it unless – now, I could talk to some of you offline that I know personally, that I know to be a good person, to be a, a concealed carry permit holder, to be a law enforcement officer. I could tell these people offline, but I can't – but there could be bad guys listening to this. We don't want them to know these things. So because mm-hmm. of that, I, I can't talk about it. And like I've said, I've been biting my tongue this whole time we've been talking about this stuff because there was so many of these questions have been answered in that Mac 40 class, and it made such perfect sense. And I hate for the, at risk of being called a Masada, you fanboy. But uh, I, the, the guy was dead on, dead on. It was right. And uh, mm-hmm. just, there, was, there was just so many little things here. And like the answer to that question and the answer to everything else, it's uh, the 40 class. I had to throw that out there because I was just kind of get reaching a boiling point in me where I was just like I couldn't bite my tongue anymore. So I had to tell you where to go get it. Yeah, that's what got me going there was the uh, the warrior prince mentality is what Mass talks about all the time. Uh, you've got people who are like, oh, I am Warrior Prince, I must go fight. You know, uh, there is evil, I must go slay evil. You know, that, and that's really, that's going to get you in trouble. You know, uh, if I carry a pistol because I'm out with Gunner and Andrea, 
and mm-hmm. somebody and Andrea comes over. There's two guys wrestling over a gun over there, and they just fired a shot right when she said that. I my last thoughts of my mind, the last thing I'm thinking about is going over there and intervening with this. What's mm-hmm. going in my mind is where's a door? Okay, I already know where a door is because I'm not a you know a sheep. I know where three doors are. You guys, we're going out that door because I heard the gunfire come from that way, and we're going out that door, and you guys are running back over there. And while we're doing that, I might be dialing 911 and saying what's going on. My top priority mm-hmm. is Andrea and Gunner. It's not saving the day. It's not going over there and being a hero and being on the news at night or in, you know, coming out there with more holes in me than I need to have on, in me. I'm getting Gunner and Andrea out of there. I, you know, I hope nobody gets hurt. And you might think bad of me for not going over there and trying to stop some evil or whatever. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. Andre and Gunner are the most important people there to me. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that they're, I mean, talking about, you know, noble causes and so forth. I don't know that there's any more noble cause than, you know, making sure that, you know, your family, your kids are, are protected. That's I, mean, it, I think man. that's got to be that's your it. first priority. Yep. Now, if there is a situation that presents itself where I do see something unfold and I'm by myself and I do feel that there's something I can do, whether it's commands behind from behind cover while I'm on the telephone and I'm describing the scene to dispatch, if that's what I can do to help, then that's what I can do to help. If I have that mm-hmm. question in my mind that, look, I don't know who's good and who's bad here. We need to get some police on the scene here. Uh, this is what's going on. This is where they're at. And I'm going to paint the best picture I can. Uh, for as long as I can, but I know I can't shoot because I don't know who's who. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's uh, that that's probably the best advice I can give. You know, you get that question of can I not shoot? Well, then shoot your telephone. Don't shoot your 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 gun. You know. Yeah, and it's you know it's a dynamic, you know, rapidly changing situation. You may just based on the amount of based on your observations, you know, you're not taking any action, but. You know, talking on the phone or, or, you know, watching the situation, giving commands. You may uh, gather some intelligence. You may see something that that would, you know, justify you or allow you to uh, make a decision to where, you know, you feel that you're exercising the right course of action. But absent that, just, you know, jumping into the middle of something and kind of letting brain fill in the holes based on your own, you know, past experiences and stereotypes and so forth. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it's, it can be um, a recipe for disaster. Yep. Yep, you're right. And the key word you said, like, rushing into something. You know, like I, I've said on Gunfighter's Cast a few times, engage your mind before you engage your weapon. You know, you've, got, you've got to start those wheels turning in your brain. Think about what's going on. Think about where your bullet's going to go past that person. Think about, uh, should I shoot? Should I not shoot? Uh, who is the bad guy? Who is the good guy? Is it justifiable for me to pull the trigger right here? Is my life in danger? Can I do this legally? Uh, can I do this morally? Can I do this ethically? And you've got to engage the mind before you actually engage that trigger. Yeah, you, you kind of just reminded me of something there that I read about uh, in a different shooting and what had happened uh, I don't remember what the what the call was but somebody in off duty or plain clothes shows up and they've got a shotgun and somebody sees the person yells gun and somebody ends up shooting the guy with a shotgun who uh, I think it was in, I think it was a uniform ends up shooting the plain clothes guy with a shotgun um, 
what you just said about you know engaging the mind before you engage the weapon. One of the things that um, you know I had I had seen uh, on the range in the past, and and I had done it, but I've gotten away from it for this reason. Is uh, you know when you're doing some kind of range training, uh, I don't like to use the word gun as an initiator to start the drill. Um, kind of for the the reason of that scenario. Uh, there may be times when you want to communicate that you see a gun, but not every gun you see is necessarily going to be in the hands of, of somebody that, that needs to be shot at that point. Right, yep. Um, so just a little, you know, if something I do when I'm running the range and so forth, um, I don't want to, I don't want to condition anybody to, you know, they hear the word gun, they think somebody needs to be shot because, you know, there are people like us out there who have guns or it might just be, you know, you're, you see a gun, it's good to let other people know that it's there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm the person I, needs to be shot at that point. I, I think that's good. That's good information, man. It's, uh, I use the term, I use threat. That's what I like is threat. Now, mm-hmm. someone is a threat if they have the ability to cause you harm and they have demonstrated the intent to cause you harm. If you have those two things, they're a threat. I may be walking right next to you. You know, we're hanging out somewhere at the next NRA convention, both open carrying. Who knows? Am I a threat to you? No. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, definitely not. But uh, if I just shot some clerk and I'm robbing the joint, now I'm pointing my gun at you. You know, have I demonstrated that I have the intent to use my weapon for harm others? And am I also pointing a weapon to you? I have the ability and the intent, that mens rea. I have all that. Mm-hmm. Everything's together. You know, I'm impressed by my Latin. How about that? I, got, I took that was good. I took a couple, couple of criminal justice classes. Uh, will you yeah. be uh, Will you be performing an actus reus shortly? Uh, probably not. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, clearly, you know, you, you you're going to have the if you're a threat, you have the ability and you have the uh, will to do that, and you've demonstrated yeah. that. So that makes you a threat. And if you explain that beforehand. Uh, people will understand what you mean by threat. But then if you you could also get into semantics on a lot of different things. But I do like the idea that you're talking about of not using gun. Uh, I don't use yeah. gun, but that not for that reason. I just didn't like it because we all carry guns. You know, guns yeah. like gun where? What kind is it, man? Is it cool? Let me see it. You know, like, uh, just, but I'm with you. Yeah, I like to do um, something kind of like what you had said, but like, so depending on the drill and so forth. Um, I will use uh, threat as a command that um, you know, basically there's a potential threat. You should come out of the holster and address it with you know maybe verbal commands and so forth. And okay. then I'll use a different I'll use a different word for a target that needs to be engaged. And you know thinking that you know sometimes you know you may have time to use your verbal command. So you know I'll use a threat command, get them out of the holster, start yelling at the target or whatever. But there's going to be sometimes when you know the gun's already coming up at you. You don't want to stop and and uh, have a conversation at that point. You got to go. Yep. You know, right? Get up on the weapon system and mix it up a little bit. So you know that we're not just making Pavlov's dogs and you know just conditioning somebody to they hear a word, they're pulling the trigger. No, I think that's a good idea. I think that's good. That's good. Uh, good thought process there. And I hope some guys use that out here listening for uh, their training. I think it'd be a good thing to add in or take away. It's definitely worth what they paid for it. <laughs> so we we talked a little bit about being the person that is actually in the scuffle or just committed the uh, the defensive act 
that may not look like a defensive act to onlookers. Uh, and we talked a little bit about uh, being the people who witness or almost witness but catch the end of it. You know, it's a. Uh, I think I think people could see by now that this isn't just a, a scenario that was as black and white as this one. You know, like they ran out there and there was two guys fighting and we all looked onto it. This same concept uh, could be applied to a lot of different scenarios that we could, as concealed carry permit holders and law enforcement officers, could easily find ourselves in. You know, we easily could. It's something to really plan out, really think out, think think uh, outside the box. What can we do? What can't we do? Um, just because you see something happen, uh, it's been proven that witnesses don't usually know what happened. They they see something, but they don't get the whole picture. They turn their heads after the last shot's fired. Uh, they're hiding behind things. It's then they they see what they see as soon as the smoke clears, and they're like then they uh, you know formulate their opinions. We, we have to be able to put things together and think, and not go with our maybe not even go with our initial instinct, but also but still take account of that initial instinct. I guess you could say. Yeah, it's nothing. You know, I, I don't. The witnesses aren't necessarily. Uh, you know, doing anything evil or, or trying to mislead anybody, but right, it's just, yeah. I think it's just a function of the brain that, you know, the brain wants to make sense of things. And if, uh, you know, there's kind of some holes in the intelligence that the brain's collected, you know, the brain's going to kind of go through the memory banks and think about things that have happened in the past and, you know, what you've, uh, you know, maybe seen or, or read about and, and try and logically, you know, file that information away. And, and in the course of that, a fill in some holes with uh, erroneous information. Well, yeah, you just heard four shots, and there's two bad guys or two two individuals laying on the ground with blood coming out of their face, and uh, you pop around the corner, then look around the potato chips, and you see a guy holding a smoking gun, and you've been taught your entire life that guns are bad and they're evil, and people who carry guns are police officers and bad guys. This guy's not dressed in all blue with a badge on his chest, so he's definitely a bad guy. And there's two guys laying on the ground. He just murdered people. That's what you've got in your head immediately if you're that normal individual who's basically grew up watching TV and cop shows. Mm-hmm. Until you prove otherwise. Yeah. But that's reality. And that's what we subject ourselves to as concealed carry permit holders. But we also have to we take that chance and take that step because we go out there and get the training so we do the right thing. We don't shoot the wrong person. We, we do the right thing. We, we don't have – we minimize this possible – this thing from happening as much as possible for the sake of taking care of our family, not just keeping them alive but also making sure – that we get to go home to them, and we're not in a you know eight by eight cell, as well. Yeah, I think that's got to be goal number one, um, and that's you know not just in Sioux Carry, but law enforcement as well. I mean, that's the end of the day. Uh, you go home. That's the that's always the mission of the day. Yep. Well, you know, I, I think we did we did some good here. I think we covered some pretty good stuff in this episode, and uh, I. I don't think that we spelled it all out to you. I think there's probably some training you could go get. There's probably a lot of people out there that might cover some more of this stuff in detail. Uh, I would say if this is something that really concerns you, and it should, I would definitely look more into it. Uh, by all means, this is something that I would really love to have some feedback on. Uh, send, send some emails, post on Facebook, send Facebook messages. I would love to get some feedback on this stuff and see what you guys thought about, you know, some of the topics or some of the scenarios we went over and what we did. Uh, maybe a, a thread on the forums, whatever. 
would definitely, there could be a lot of discussion about this. And, you know, some people don't like the what if things. You know, I told you before, I'm all about what ifing stuff because the more we what if stuff, uh, the more we can formulate an 80 or 90% plan in case that thing happens. So I'm all for that. Uh, I don't think there's an end all be all answer for every scenario. I think each scenario could be different. But I think it's for us to uh, engage our minds before we have to pull out of our weapon, like right now, and uh, maybe at least learn how to think tactically in this situation. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know kind of like um, you know, like you were saying, thinking before, just kind of pay attention to you know what you're reading in the papers and the media and so forth, and and try and put yourself in the position of the people involved. Think about uh, you know. Would you have acted the same way? What would you have done? You know, especially these, you know, if it's a, a situation where, you know, the wrong person gets shot, try and, you know, analyze it. Would you have done the same thing? Um, is there something you would have done different? And, you know, use that as an opportunity to, you know, do some training in your mind, basically, on, on you know, so that if you are put in that situation, you've got a fallback plan. You don't have to try and figure it out at the time. Yep, and you know we understand that everything you're going to get from the news, you're not going to get the whole story. Like we we can't even begin to comment and say if anybody did anything right or wrong in the situation with the ATF agent. We just there's just we don't have the information. And even if I did, I don't I don't feel that I would be qualified unless there was just something extremely blatant that went wrong. Uh, I, it was a complete tragedy. Uh, it is. God bless his family. Uh, I hope you guys have the the family in your prayers. And not only the family of the deceased, but also the family of the person who had to shoot. That man has to live with that now. Uh, his family does too. And it's uh, that can't be easy on them. He, they didn't want that to end that way. Uh, complete tragedy. A heart goes out to them. And uh, I, I hope uh, you know everything they can recover in the, in the near future. Absolutely. Soft side of gunfighter cast there. Mm-hmm. But really, that, and that's rough. Really is. I, I could. I could. I could not imagine being that person who pulled the trigger and having to live with that. Uh, I hope that's never me. You know, it's, that's 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 reason to train right there, because I, I don't want that to be me. It's reason to train, and, and not just the fun stuff. You know, we we like to go out and put the holes in the targets and so forth, but try and make sure that we're also training for the whole uh, the whole continuum of you know what's going to happen, not just the. You know that uh, when it's time to pull the trigger, but try and think about training what to do beforehand to not get in the situation in the first place, and then you know if that fails, what to do during after so that uh, you know the situation uh, doesn't get worse and you you can resolve it and still not have any extra holes in you. Absolutely, that's it, man. All right, well. That pretty much does it for episode number 50 of Gunfighter Cast. I hope you guys enjoyed that show. And uh, I had a good time bringing it to you. I'm sure John did as well. And uh, I did as well. I knew you would. Uh, I was just going to say, if you don't have any announcements, since uh, you know this is your show, um, it has been your show, you should be the one that does the, the final word, unlike uh, the last couple you've been giving me. So uh, if there's nothing else... Uh, I'm John McGregor. Thanks for listening, and uh, I will give it to Daniel for the sign-off. Well, thanks, John, and thank you guys for listening. As always, it's been a pleasure bringing it to you, and uh, always fun hanging out with John. And until next time, go Podcast out.